0: All right, good to see everybody today. Looking sharp. So, if you haven't heard the big news, Oregon Ducks hired a defensive coordinator. And John was 34th on the list. I was 32nd. Art West got an interview, but they said the janitor's actually ahead of you guys. So, uh, David, you're like 17th on the list, right? Yeah. Anybody else apply for that job? So they asked me, well, what's your plan to, 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 uh, for defense here at the University of Oregon? And I was like, don't let the other team score any points. Yeah, and they were like, get out. <laughs> so I applied for the Huskies job and got it, because apparently that's, <laughs> oh, oh, boom. Okay, that was fun. Sorry, I'm done. I'm done. done with that. So good to be with you guys this morning. Uh, we're, we're continuing our series about discipleship, really believing that God has some great things in store for us in 2021, believing that we're going to see people saved, we're going to see people discipled, make disciples of Jesus. That's our job. It's our mission together. So we've been talking about the four E's. At Joy Church, uh, if you've gone through Next Track, you've heard these four E's before. But uh, just in my spirit this year, as Bethany and I were praying about, you know, the direction that we go this year and in our talks with the staff and the team, we really believed that we needed to kind of bring these four E's to the forefront And what they are is, this is what they stand for, is number one, to engage culture and community. Bethany talked about that last week, about how we can engage the people around us, right, with the gospel. And it doesn't mean you have to be like Billy Graham and get up and and give a sermon, you know, and John 3.16 says. And you have to have, no, it's not necessarily that. But even just with hospitality, not even just, that's a beautiful way to do it. That's an incredible way to do it, with hospitality, with just talking to people around you, loving people in practical ways. We can engage people with the gospel. Uh, We're going to talk about this today, but the second E is to establish biblical and spiritual foundations. We're going to talk about digging out the dirt so God can build something beautiful in your life. How many of you are dirty and you're willing to admit it today, right? (laughs) Nobody. Okay, like six of us. Cool. Well, by the end, you're all going to be admitting it. That's second service. Yeah, that's the dirty crowd. You guys got up early to come to church, so... So, you're all sanctified and sanctimonious, I tell you right now. Sister Sweetness is going to serve casserole at the potluck after service today. <laughs> and uh, uh, that was a very polite laugh. Um, and then uh, number three is equip believers to minister. You know, when you look in Ephesians chapter four, it says God gave the leadership, He gave the fivefold, the prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Did I miss one? Pastors, maybe. But the fivefold is given to the body of Christ, given to the church to equip the saints. Now, you should all raise your hand if you're a saint. If you are a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a saint. Okay, whether you feel like a saint or an ain't, you are a saint. You're part of the church, and it's your job and my job as disciples of Jesus to actually do the work of ministry, which means the work of service. It means the work of building and establishing the kingdom of God around the world. And so that's every believer is to be equipped to do the ministry. We're not a church of spectators. It's never meant to be that way. I was even thinking about this in worship today as we have a team up here who's leading us in worship, they're gifted to sing, to play instruments, to, to drum, to bass, to bassify. Is that the basify. verb? Yeah, bassify. That's what it is. You know, and uh, we have the, Jeff, you bassify so well. You do such a good job with that. Uh, but our team is gifted to lead us. But what they're really doing is facilitating because their job is not to worship for us. You with me? We come to church on Sunday to give God glory. We minister to the Lord. The team is facilitating that, helping us. Enter into the presence of God. We don't put people up here who can't keep a, carry a tune in a bucket, thank God, right? Because that would probably hamper our ability to enter into the presence of God. I've been in some churches where the worship team actually prohibited worship from taking place. Because of the skill level, I, and I will, it shall remain nameless. How about that? And I've actually been a worship leader and worship pastor, and I've done some things that have defacilitated people entering into worship. Where, uh, Anyways, we'll leave that alone, but we are, we're, we're to come in and be not spectators, but participants. We're here to worship God. It's not the worship team's job to worship and our job to spectate. We're to participate in, what, in what's going on. And then the fourth E, after equip, is to empower. We, are to, we empower disciples to make disciples. It's not someone else's job to make disciples. The minute you call upon the name of Jesus, the minute you call upon the name of the Lord, the minute you are saved, the minute you're brought into the family of God, you are actually given a position of authority to you're empowered, right? To be empowered means to be given the position of authority to do what you've been equipped to do, what you've been established to do, what you were engaged to do, and you're called to make disciples. And again, you might think, well, I'm not qualified. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know if I can do this. I don't feel up to the task. And all I have to say to that is welcome to the club because God delights to work through broken people. He delights to clothe his power in weakness we see in the scripture that uh, we carry this treasure, the power, the presence, the purpose of God in earthen vessels, in broken, cracked vessels, so that God gets the glory. His gift is given to us so that nobody can boast. Nobody can say, well, I was really perfectly suited to be God's mouthpiece, God's instrument of discipleship. No. All of us are actually flawed and broken. We have our idiosyncrasies and idiot like me, right? And we have our, our uh, unique personality. We have our insecurities. We have our, our flaws, our wounds, our sin, our baggage. And God is working through all of that and bringing his kingdom through it. And you are empowered to make disciples in Jesus' name. So those are the four E's. We engage culture and community. We establish biblical and spiritual foundations. And we equip believers to minister. And we empower disciples to make disciples. That's our pathway here. Now, one of the really cool things... Uh, that we we have and we've talked about this a little bit is we just uh, uh, created or, or started a, a church app. Now uh, the, the app is not to like tell you well what time you know is the event this week. It's not a news app. It's not announcements. We're actually using this app as a way for all of us, both in person in service, but also those attending online, to basically engage in these four E's, and it's a it's a it's a place of content to help you get established. And so if you haven't jumped in there, uh, I wanna encourage you if you go to joyeugene.com app, and I'm gonna talk about this more today, we've got content that's being added in there. So just this week, we actually structured the app into the four E's, so if if you've been in there already, you haven't seen this yet, uh, the four E's. And in the established section, we now have a course on what is the Bible, how to read the Bible, how to engage with the Bible, what is prayer, how to engage in prayer, how how to pray. And then also, what is Christian community and how to engage in Christian community? And the goal there is to help establish some foundations. Now, if you're already a Christian, I encourage you to go back in or you've been a part of Joy Church. Go through that content. Get on the same page. If you are newer or you're helping someone follow Jesus, if you're making disciples, this is a great place to send people to say, hey, check this out and let's walk through this together. I want to help you follow Jesus. So the goal is to be both a tool for you to use for your uh, personal journey with Christ, but also to be able to take others through. Cool? All right, that was a mouthful. Introduction over. Did I insult the Huskies and praise the Ducks? Yes. Okay. Talked about discipleship? Good. Okay, we're good. Let me tell you a story. Uh, years ago, my parents decided they were going to move from the house that we were living in. We lived on a, in a nice house in East Medford, kind of up Jackson Hill, if you're familiar with that area. And near Hedrick, uh, Hedrick Middle School, which is where I grew up, terrorizing that neighborhood. And uh, uh, my parents, though, decided they were gonna move to this beautiful house up on Roxanne. So if you're in, if you're familiar with the Rogue Valley, you know where Mount Roxanne kind of looks like, for us here, Spencer Butte. It's like that round top kind of hill. This one uh, is in Medford. So it's Medford's version of Spencer Butte. And my parents decided to get this house that was about halfway up Mount Roxanne uh, in the foothills there this really, really beautiful place on High Crest Drive. And I remember going to this house and it was massive. I mean, I think 3,000 plus square feet, split level house. You walk out through the, the living room onto the deck and literally you could see the entire Rogue Valley. At night, it was just unbelievably beautiful to look and see the twinkling lights and all of that. And they got this incredibly good deal on this house. I think it was like, and this was back in the you know, early 2000s, I think, uh, maybe even in the 90s. Man, I'm old now, but... Uh, they got this great deal, the house was like $125,000, which even then for a 3,000 plus square foot house was ridiculously cheap. So it's this beautiful house, it was nice inside, split level, one of the most beautiful views. It just had this one tiny problem with it, Just one tiny negative, it was sliding down the hill. <laughs> that's it, you know, just one little issue. And uh, how many of you feel like that's my life, you know? It's beautiful, <laughs> it's big enough, but it's sliding down the hill. So they got this incredible deal on this amazing house because it needed some serious foundation work. So I remember they ended up hiring this missionary pastor that was taking a, a year, kind of a sabbatical, but he had construction skills with a Z, skills. And, uh, and so his name was Randy, and Randy was brought on to this job, and he had to basically dig down, I think, 75 feet or whatever, and, and anchor this house that was sliding. It had slid, I think, about two inches. So there was a few places in the house where there was like a gap. You know, you had to, you had to it was like Indiana Jones. You had to jump from the kitchen into the dining room, you know, and cross the chasm. But the, the house was actually splitting and falling down the hill, sliding slowly down the hill. And he had to come in and basically elevate the bottom half and push the house back together and then dig down deep. Now, how many of you think, I don't think I'm touching a project like that, right? For me, I'd be like, nah, I'll let somebody else get this good deal. But my parents were up for it. Now, it ended up being a really good thing because he did get it fixed. He did get it repaired, and they ended up having this incredible house. I think they spent like seventy-five dollars or $100,000, but the house was worth probably two or three times that amount, what they paid for it, plus the repair. But the issue about this house was the foundations. And, and today, as we talk about the second E, establish, we're talking about being established in our lives and having the right foundations in our life. Now, before I carry on and amaze you with the words that come out of my mouth, I would like us to watch a much better speaker on video for a few minutes. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, we've shown these videos from Pastor Steve Murrell, and we're gonna watch the video on Established. Go ahead and play that, team.
1: Once we engage our culture and community with the gospel, then it's important that we establish spiritual and biblical foundation in the lives of disciples. 90% of the world's earthquakes occur in the infamous ring of fire. Manila, Philippines is a part of that ring of fire. And that's why when we broke ground on the every nation leadership Institute building, we spent extra time and extra money building the foundation. We knew earthquakes were inevitable. Therefore, to ensure safety and to ensure the longevity of our building, we focused on the foundation. What good would it have been to build a beautiful facade and beautiful interior with inadequate foundations for the inevitable earthquakes? In Luke 6:46, Jesus talks about foundations. He talks about two houses. One was built on sand. The other was built on the rock. Storms came, winds blew, floods rose, and of course, the house on the sand collapsed. The house on the rock survived. The storms, the wind, the rain, the floods, and all of that. The floods, the storms, the rain, that wasn't the problem. The problem was the lack of foundations. In that same story in Luke 6, Jesus talks about to build foundations that we dig deep. And when I think about the building, the Every Nation Leadership Institute building in Manila... Uh, For almost a year, I watched them dig a hole to put the foundation. And you know, the foundation was basically digging out dirt. And when we put biblical foundations in the lives of disciples, a lot of foundation work is digging out dirt. It's going deep in our souls and going deep in our lives and digging stuff out so we can replace it with God's truth and replace it with God's word, replacing wrong thinking patterns with God's truth. Replacing bad habits with good habits. Replacing sin with the righteousness of Christ and the forgiveness that he brings. And so foundations, the deeper we go, the stronger the spiritual building that's being built, which is the life of the disciple. When we talk about establishing biblical foundations, we're basically talking about three parts of the foundation. First of all, it is being established in the faith. That means that we have to establish basic Christian doctrine in the life of a disciple faith, repentance, salvation, grace, the the basics of our faith. That also includes water baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Once we've established someone in the faith, then we need to be established in the Word. We go deep in the Word. We develop a daily habit of Bible reading and of Bible study and of applying the Bible to our lives. And then finally, A believer who's going to make it through the storms of life needs to be established in the church community. None of us are designed to follow Christ alone. We follow Christ, we do discipleship in community. And finally, as we think about foundations, I think about 1 Corinthians 3.11, where the Apostle Paul, the great master builder, told the church at Corinth, no one can lay any other foundation other than the one that is already laid, which is Christ Jesus. The foundation is not a church. It's not a vision. It's not a core value statement. It's not a mission statement. It's not a calling. The foundation is Jesus Christ. And when everything in our lives are built on Christ, then no matter what kind of storm comes, no matter what kind of persecution, what kind of trouble, we will survive. We will make it through because we're building our lives on Christ. When I say that foundations can storm-proof your life, I want you to understand that we're not saying foundations can storm-free your life. There is no such thing as a storm-free Christian life. But there can be storm-proof. Here's the difference. This watch on my wrist is a dive watch. It says here that it can go 1,000 meters. Now, nobody dives that deep. But what it means is it's waterproof down to 1,000 meters. It means if this watch gets wet, it goes deep. The water will not destroy the watch. That means it's waterproof. It's not water-free. If it goes deep, it'll still get wet. But the water will not destroy it. Foundations will not create a storm-free Christian life. But foundations can create a storm-proof Christian life where the storms will not destroy your faith. Good stuff, huh?
0: So he talked in that video about three specific areas of foundations, and I just want to quickly go over and deepen a little bit here and talk about what what God wants to establish in our life. Number one, the first foundation is being established in the faith. Now, if you remember, back in the summer, I did a series called War of the Worldviews. You guys remember that? And we talked about the Christian worldview. Every worldview answers three fundamental questions. I'm not going to rehash all of that. But the goal of that series and and one of the areas we need to be established in our Christian walk is established in the faith, which means thinking like a Christian, not just taking your existing thought patterns, your existing worldview, your existing way of life and slapping a Jesus sticker on it. Right. You ever been to uh, like New York City or a place where you can buy knockoff items, you know, and they get these like eight dollar pair of sunglasses and then they slap a sticker on it. Gucci. It's not they're not Gucci sunglasses. Now, whether you should pay $400 for sunglasses that are real Gucci's is up for debate, right? I would probably rather have the $8 ones because they're going to get smashed by my kids or me, right? But it's not the same thing, right? How many of you ladies are like, I don't want a cubic zirconium engagement ring? Well, it's a shiny rock. Not the same thing, right? So I didn't get enough laughs on that. I thought that would slay today. Man, it just, yeah. But being uh, established in the faith is about actually thinking and having your thought patterns reworked to think like a Christian. And, it, and it, it, it looks like believing in what Christians believe in, being established in basic Christian doctrines, like salvation by grace through faith. If somebody comes to me and says, well, I'm saved because I've been doing all the right stuff. Wait a second. No, that's not what salvation is. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith. Believing the Bible as God's infallible word, that it is the standard of truth and by which we measure truth claims and measure various worldviews and so on and so forth. We believe in water baptism. We believe in baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not going to go into all these categories and teach them today, but this is an area where we need to be established. And the goal is to think and believe like Christians. And like Pastor Steve said, getting the dirt dug out of replacing our existing and wrong thinking and establishing a right foundation of God's truth. The Apostle Paul wrote about this in Romans chapter twelve when he said, Don't don't copy the behavior And customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we get established in the faith. Number two, and this works together with these, all three work together, but number two is we are established in the Word. And we're talking about the Word of God, getting into the Scripture. And as Pastor Steve mentioned, having a daily habit of reading the Bible. Now, let me just tell you, every morning when I wake up, I get my trusty organ Ducks ceramic mug, which is starting to get worn thin, like the handle's starting to come apart. I'm hoping someday it doesn't fall and break my laptop and spill coffee in my lap or something, but I'm willing to pay that price to represent my team. And I don't have another organ Ducks mug, so that's the one, right? I get up every morning, I get my organ Ducks mug, and I sit down, and I either open up my Bible and I read the, the scriptures or I play it as an audio and listen and you know what? Every morning I'm not like, yes, man, my life has changed today. That's not my reaction. It's not my experience. In fact, some days I'm like, well, I didn't really understand what Ezekiel was talking about right there. <laughs> and do I have, I've heard this story a million times. I don't want to hear about Jonah anymore. Like he gets eaten by the big fish every time, you know, you'd think like, they change it sometimes. But no, they always do the same thing. But you know what? It's not, about, it's not about the feeling. It's not about the experience. It's about the faithfulness and understanding that God's Word is transforming me, and He's changing me through His Word. That daily habit is so valuable. If you get nothing else out of today, when we talk about being established, I would encourage every one of us, we need to be established in the Word. Now, again, if you go to the app, we want to give you tools and equip you to help you understand how to engage with Scripture, how to read it. It says in Psalms chapter one, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. When you get God's word inside, what happens is your thoughts, your thought patterns, that begins to get dug up, and God begins to put his word inside of you, and you'll even find yourself, even in the night, hearing the the words of the Lord. You know, sometimes when I'm afraid, all of a sudden, Psalm 23 will come to my mind, you know, and uh, different verses will come because I've packed it in there. I've hidden his word in my heart. And uh, I'll read this in the 21st century translation. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice they find on Facebook, or stand around with the mockers and the sinners on Twitter, or join in with the crazy people and all the other platforms. Okay, I'm just having fun with that, but They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. We need to be established in the Word of God. What's interesting is that so many of us, we spend way more time, and I'm making fun of social media, but we spend way more time being established in what's on Netflix and established with what's on TV and established with what is going on in sports or even what's going on in politics or the news, and we need to get established in the Word. And then number three, the the establishing that needs to happen is being established in community and Christian community, the church, is not optional. It's essential. We're saved out of the world and into the church, into the body of Christ, into the ecclesia, the called out to gather. We are saved into community, and that's where we live out our faith. So when you look at these three things here, being established to be a disciple of Jesus and to be established as a disciple of Jesus with the end result of having a stormproof life, you can't throw out any of these categories. You can't say, well, I'll read the Bible, but I'm going to throw out Christian doctrine. I'm going to throw out right thinking and a right worldview. No, you can't do that. Well, I'm going to believe the right stuff, but I don't really want to be a part of a group. I don't really want to be there on Sunday. I just kind of want to do my own thing. It's more comfortable to be by myself. You're missing out on the establishment that God wants to do. Now, I'm going fast, you probably can tell, because I have a lot of things I want to say, but I am I am so passionate and committed about seeing us established as a church. Looking at 2020, I'll, I'll be just completely transparent with you. There were probably at least 10 to 20 people that I know personally whose lives were hit by a big flood wave of circumstances of 2020, you fill in the blanks, whatever and watch their their house of their life just get washed away, marriages destroyed, spiritual lives destroyed, people that were sitting here in 2019 or at the movie theater with us worshiping Jesus on Sunday that right now don't even know what they believe. And it really, really ticks me off that Satan could use the circumstances of life and what it really means is that there wasn't a foundation. So as I speak to you today, I want you to hear my heart for you as your pastor, that my heart is not to get you to do some, you know, go, come on up because this is our cool church program. I don't care about that. I care about you. I care about your children. I care about your foundation. I care about your faith. I care about you standing strong in the storms of life. And I'll just speak to you a little bit prophetically about what's coming. I'm just telling you right now, it will not get easier to be a Christian in the United States of America, probably in our generation and in my children's generation. And so I'm not interested in building Christianettes who listen to sermonettes who show up and go, man, what's the felt need I have today? I can walk out of here and I feel like I heard Dr. Phil tell me some stuff and I feel good about myself and my self-esteem is better. I don't give a rat's rear end about your self-esteem. I want you to be established in the word of God because here's what I know. If you get Jesus on the inside, of you and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and you're so full of the word, you will have good self esteem, yeah. but not from some moralistic, therapeutic deism, some kind of a half life Christianity that is not the Christianity of the New Testament and not the Christianity of the cross, but as you take up the cross of Christ and you get established in God's word and you get established in the faith and you know what you believe and you know why and the word of God is so on the inside of you, you're going to change the atmosphere around you and the gates of hell cannot stand against a church that is established upon the rock of Christ Jesus. That wasn't in my notes. <laughs> we got to be established. It's it's not so we can just ha- oh I have a better life now. I feel better as a Christian. No, y- you're gonna go through storms. That's gonna happen. We we always go through storms. We we're built for storms when we get established on the Word. When we get established in Christ and Jesus, he he gets it. And Pastor Steve gave this this verse, but I want to read it to you in Luke chapter six. Jesus says this. This is so offensive. Man, I'd leave his church if I was at Jesus' church. I'd just leave. It's it's offensive what he says. He says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I want to say this to my kids today. (laughs) Jack, look at me. Why do you keep calling me Dad, Dad? (laughs) Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? You know what's interesting about the Bible is we never think it's about us. Isn't it interesting? It's always someone else. Oh, yeah, there's other people over there. This is you and me. We're the ones who are saying, Lord, Lord. We're not, right? Or, Or we're not, but many times it is us, okay? So don't read it for someone else. Read it for yourself. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, not if, but when, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Jesus is not using some metaphor that is softening the blow, this metaphor is, you should look at it and go, man, this metaphor, this analogy, it's about my life. If I build my house on the ground without a foundation, the end result is not an if, but a when of a heap of ruins. The scripture is filled with warning, with admonition. When when Paul disciples Timothy, he says, make sure that you admonish, which means what I'm doing right now, I'm saying, look, you're going to have a heap of ruins of a life, and you go, man, I'm not encouraged by this. Well, you should be encouraged, because if you follow the admonition, if you follow the wisdom of what Jesus is saying here, your life will be established, and you won't have a heap of ruins. But why would you rather hear someone lie to you and say, everything is well, all will be well, all will not be well, if you don't found your life on the person of Jesus Christ, on the scriptures, on his teachings, if you don't hear and obey? Heap of ruins is the result of not founding your life. Are you with me? And so Jesus gives us this, this incredible story to give us a warning and give us a, a hope and an encouragement that if we will build our life on the foundation, that we will have a, a storm-proof life. It's exciting. Now, I want to give you three quick thoughts about this today, about establishing foundations. One, which you've already been talking about, is that storms will come. They will come in life. And the promise of Scripture, the promise of Jesus is not a storm-free life, but it's rather a storm-proof life when you have foundations. In John 16, 33, Jesus said this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I get nervous when I find myself too at peace with this planet, too at peace with this world, too at home in our political system, too comfortable in my skin as an American versus my skin as a kingdom of God citizen, as an alien and a foreigner living in a foreign land on a pilgrimage to my eternal home. Are you with me? You hear what I'm saying? If right now, I'm just going to get, I'm going to get down right where the taters are. Is that all right? If you're like, man, our country, Biden's president now. Wow. Wow. You're too comfortable in your skin. If you were too comfortable three years ago, you're like, MAGA, MAGA. you know what I mean? You were too comfortable in your skin. Do you know what I'm saying? See, we all have our politics. And, and I, I have my person I wanted to win. You have your person you wanted to win. We all get emotional, we get tied up in politics. But I'm, but I'm talking to you about where we actually are. Right now, if you're just so super pumped, like, man, you know, ding dong, the wicked witch is dead. No, no, you, you missed it, you missed it. But if you're like, oh, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. It's all burning down. No, you also missed it because the king of the kingdom that we are a part of, that supersedes all earthly kingdoms, said my kingdom is not of this world. doesn't mean it's not part of it. It doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that, that, that politics don't matter. It doesn't mean we don't fight for, for policies and things that we believe align more closely with the word of God. That's not what I'm saying. But I had people mad at me last year, many people letting me know how mad they were that I wasn't critical of the liberals or I wasn't supportive enough of conservatives and vice versa. And I had to explain to everybody, I personally, as Jake Schmelzer, have my politics and they are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I don't talk about that in church. We're not a, we're not a political church because we don't think that polit- politics are bringing the hope of the world. We think Jesus is. So yes, we're political. Yes, you should vote. Yes, you should vote on the right policies and follow the word and all of that. And I'm not coming against that. But again, it's not the kingdom that we're building. We're not building the kingdom of this world. We, we serve a king of a, a, that his kingdom is not of this world. Storms are going to come. And if you're too comfortable, uh, I get nervous about that. Because what, what Jesus said is, if you're going to have trouble in this world. Why? Because being a Christian is antithetical to the way of the world. Being a follower of Jesus means you should actually always be, have some hostility and some conflict with some people in your life. There are people in my life that are in conflict with my worldview. When I share my worldview, they're like, ah, I don't like that. That's not good. It's not okay. I just had a two-and-a-half-hour conversation this week with a friend of mine who was uh, an atheist agnostic, reached out to me, and he blew my mind as he said, my girlfriend and I are looking for a church. I'm like, What? <laughs> what he explained to me everything going on right now all the craziness and, and all this kind of stuff and the confusion men or women women or men he, he this is what he said to me i'm going to be real with you he said i saw a news article that said a, a lesbian woman decided to become a man and now she identifies as a man so is she part of the patriarchy that was his question this isn't me preaching to you moralism from a christian's perspective this is an agnostic telling me why he wants to explore faith He said, so what am I supposed to do? I make no sense of this. He can't make any sense of our crazy world. You know why? Because it's crazy, it doesn't make any sense. Progressive relativism is hogwash, it's balderdash. It needs to be tossed out on the dung heap of history. It's disgusting, it's ugly. There is objective truth in reality and it shouldn't be crazy to say that. Four plus four is eight, it'll always be eight. You with me? Okay. So my friend is reaching out to me and Previously, some of the things I would share with him, I would talk about, he would be in conflict with because it didn't align with his worldview. But now that he's looking for meaning, now that he's observant of what's happening and he's reaching out, there's a, there's, a, there's a reaching out to me as a Christian. But again, before that point, there was hostility or conflict. Now, I wasn't being, we weren't fighting. See what I'm saying when I use this word conflict? We had a, a conflict of worldviews. A disciple of Jesus should always feel like a coat that's not quite on straight to the world. Because it's that discomfort that causes people to wake up to the the fact that they might be living in fantasy land and not in the real world. Are you with me? That's That's why John the Baptist, you know, he wore that camel skin coat, right? And he's famous for that, John the Baptist. He was uncomfortable himself, and he made other people uncomfortable because he was calling people out of the world to look into a new kingdom. Storms will come. This is a reality. If you're too comfortable in this world, you're probably not doing it right. But Jesus said, take heart, I have overcome the world. We get to sing, we are the champions, my friends. Bum, 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 bum. Because in the end, we are more than conquerors in Christ. But we don't conquer on this planet, in this world. We, we, his kingdom is, out, is in this world, but not of it. Storms are going to come, and that doesn't mean you're not in the will of God. You know, a lot of people have gone through storms, we went through storms in the past year. We've been through storms in our life. Did you have any storms last year? Have you had storms in your life? Yes. doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. What it means is you are alive, <laughs> and you're on, this, you're on this planet. Number two thoughts about establishing foundations is that hearing the words of Jesus isn't the same as obeying them. In this story, Jesus contrasts hearing and obeying, not hearing and not hearing, you see, many times we think, well, if people would just hear, that would be enough. No, most people have heard, and they choose not to obey, and it's very possible to come to church and be a part of a church, even a really cool church like Joy Church, right? With cool people, and nice people, and loving people, and people that are willing to disciple you, and still miss it, because hearing is not the same as obeying. My kids, they, are, they're, they have great hearing skills, Stop it, Eddie, you know, but the obeying part is where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? And what we need to do as disciples, if we're being established, is we need to make a commitment. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm not just a hearer of the words of Jesus, but I'm making a commitment to obey the words of Jesus. That is what a disciple really is, following in his footsteps, meaning there are trackable, tangible steps that I take. When I hear a message like this, I don't just go, yo, I agree with it. Well, I agree, but what am I going to do? I agree, but what am I going to do? talk about this with our kids all the time. we would be like, hey, kids, let's turn the screens off. They'll be like, yeah, okay, turn the screens off. Uh-huh, right back to the screen. <laughs> Any other parents deal with this? No, none. Okay, it's awesome. Yeah, people be like, I guess I'll read my hand. Uh, that's hearing but not obeying. And we do that as disciples, don't we? We, we go to church, we, we go to group, we, we listen to messages. It's not the same thing uh, as just hearing. We actually got to put it into play because you can hear and still build your house without foundation now let me finish up with this and uh, this is really the most important part I think of today is this thought that foundations are messy foundations are messy as pastor Steve shared in his lesson there on the video foundations are about digging out the dirt digging down in the dirt my uncle actually owned a construction in a concrete company he would do foundations and I remember going to some jobs with him And it really solidified my calling as a pastor. (laughs) Because I I was like, I don't want to do that for a living. And uh, he'd get lime burns, you know, from the concrete on his arms. And always dirty. Like, any truck he had was instantly, after a week of work, it just looked like the old beat-up truck. I mean, back-breaking dirty work, digging out the foundations. Foundation work is dirty work. Foundation work is messy. Foundation work is uncomfortable. Foundation work is hard. So why would someone build their house right on the ground? I mean, it sounds so like, well, that's stupid. Why would you build your house right on the ground and not worry about a foundation? It'd be like my parents buying that house and just letting it slide down the hill. The reason people do this, and the reason why you and I do this at times in life, is because digging deep to really establish that foundation is messy, it's inconvenient, and it's uncomfortable. When I have my character developed, when somebody comes and says, "Jake," Your attitude does not reflect the character of Christ. The response that I want to give is I'm offended and you're wrong. But actually, the right response is to let me go, you know what? Yeah, I got to dig down and let God deal with that part of me. But here's the thing. Sometimes we've got stuff buried down so deep that we don't want anyone digging into. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to let anybody into that area of our life. We don't want to get our hands dirty. Because we already done buried those skeletons in the backyard, and they can lay where they lie. But God comes in and He says, "I want to expose every deep part. I want to expose every deep, uh, every deep wound, every deep hurt, every every issue of your past. I want to expose your attitude. I want to expose your prejudice." I want to expose your uh, proclivity towards sin that exists in every single one of us that you have so much shame about. I want to open up your past. I want to open up the abuse. I want to open up the wounding that's been, that's gone on. I want to open up even your mistakes, not so that I can shame you, not so that I can expose you to the world, but so I can bring healing, so we can get the dirt out, so I can build the foundation of the life I want to build in your life. This is what happens is that we have fear, and fear of the uncomfortable, fear of reality, fear of truth, fear of getting into the dirt and letting God actually get into those places that we just rather they stay buried is what stops us from building foundations. But God can't build the destiny of your life unless he can get into the dirt of your life. And so today, you know, what do we mean by dirt? I'm talking about those wounds. I'm talking about the abuse that you went through. I'm talking about the secrets that you've never shared with anyone. And I'm not saying you got to go run and tell somebody, but you got to give that place to God. I'm talking about those attitudes, those prejudices, those things where you go, I am right and I'll never change, where you've made a a root judgment, where you've made a a decision, this is what I believe, That what I'm going to do. Let God dig into that area and get rid of that stuff. We often fear letting God into the dirt of our life, but it's a simple question. Do I trust him? Do I trust him? Bethany cuts my hair, and she cuts Jack's hair, and uh, for many years, it was a very uh, arduous process of cutting Jack's hair, because he's real sensitive, and so she'd get, you know, with the clippers, and she'd take it and put it on his cheek. See, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't hurt, and he would just be so squirrely, and so how many of you know with scissors, you don't want a kid, like, jerking their head back and forth? She slapped me a, a a couple times and I stopped doing it, right? I just keep still now when she cuts my hair, but Jack had to learn this. But Bethany, would, we, had to, we had to teach him and, and, uh, and train him, look, you have to trust mom. She won't get you. She's not going to cut your ear off. She's, she's not going to nick you. She's going to do it right. She's going to get close, but she's not going to get you. And you know what? It's the same thing. We, we have to let God get to those areas, right, in the dirt where you're like, he's right, oh, don't, uh, you're, uh, you're right close to this part. If you touch this, I'm gone. Do you know what I'm talking about? If, if, you, if you mess, we think that God's going to eradicate our, our personality. We think that becoming a real Christian is going to mean that we can never have fun again. We think that all these things, and it's, it's actually foolishness because if you think about it, God is the one who skillfully and wonderfully made you, even in your mother's womb, He knows every hair on your head. Do you trust him? Do you trust him to dig into the dirt of your life? Do you believe that he loves you? Do you believe that he knows you better than you know yourself? Do you believe that God has your best interest at heart? And if you do, then let him dig out the dirt. Get in there with him and say, Lord, you know, I buried this a long time ago, but it's time for it to go because this is something that doesn't need to be here. Lord, you need to get this dirt out of my life, these bad thoughts, bad attitudes, these past wounds, this sin, this thing I've been struggling with that I've never dealt with. God, so you can build the foundation that you want to build in my life. When we face up to that deep work that God wants to do, and you go, oh, this is for somebody else. No, this is for, for you. This is for me. Well, I've already been a Christian. I've already let God deal with so much. He always is wanting to bring the excavator back. He's right there, ready to go. Come on. Yeah, I've been walking with the Lord. I mean, seriously walking with the Lord for 25, 30 plus years of, of, you know, very focused, being a Christian. This is what I believe. This is who I am. And it surprises me sometimes when the Lord's like, you have a really big boulder we need to get out of the backyard there, Jake, so we can establish this foundation, right? And I'm like, no, I'm a pastor. There's no more. There's always more. When we face up to that deep work and let God dig in, that dirty work we can find so much freedom and security in Christ. But as Pastor Steve said in his video, really the foundation is letting Christ become the foundation of our life. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, which is Jesus Christ. This morning, if you would, just lift up your hands and Father, we just invite you into this moment, Lord, as your followers, as your disciples. We want to be established in the faith. Help us think the right way, Lord. Help us think and act and believe like Christians. Help us not become too comfortable with this world around us and the the thinking and the ways of this world, but help us to understand we are in this world, but not of it. Establish us in the faith. Establish us in the word, O God. Your word we have hidden in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Lord, I pray that we would fall in love again and maybe for the first time with just daily, simple, habitual, everyday getting into the Word, letting it shape our thoughts, change our hearts and minds. And God, establish us in community. Forgive us for ever thinking we could do this walk of of faith alone. Lord, or thinking that, oh, I just need Jesus. That's all I need. No, we need each other, and you've called us into community. You've even called us to, to help each other in this area of foundations. Lord, I pray that today as we Think about foundations as we look at foundations of being established that we would be committed not just to talk the talk, but to walk the walk. And Lord, we would say no more out of bounds areas, but I'm letting you in, Lord. We're gonna do some dirty work. We're gonna dig into those deep areas, some things we've buried in our past, some things we've buried. We don't want anybody to see. We don't want anybody to know about, but Lord, you have a plan. And to get the foundation dug, we have to let the dirt get dug out. So, Lord, we turn our hearts and minds to you today. We open up our lives and say, come and do what only you can do. Come and have your way, Lord. We are your servants. We welcome you in this process of establishment. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you want to put your faith in Jesus, the ultimate foundation, again, is Christ. And there's nothing you can do for God to to make yourself a Christian, nothing you can earn. It's a gift. You receive it. And Jesus offers that gift of eternal life to you today if you'll put your faith and trust in Christ. Now we pray a prayer, we, 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 we just mark this moment, but the prayer doesn't make you a Christian, it's that decision to follow Jesus and it's his work of grace that makes you a Christian. And it's the start of a journey of discipleship, of following Jesus and letting him begin a work in your life. But right now it can be that moment where you make that decision and you let him in. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord, I want you to be my savior. If that's you today, Would you raise your hand so I can see? I want to make Christ the foundation of my life. If that's you today, just raise your hand so I can see. And we're going to pray this prayer together. Let's pray this prayer, all of us. Jesus, I confess my sin to you. I know I've not lived up to your standard, but I thank you for your grace and mercy revealed to me at the cross where you gave your life for me and made a way for me to be reconciled with you. I gave you my life, every part of it, and I trust in you for my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Real quick, guys, if you, if you did that, uh, Nikki's going to give some next steps on, on that prayer and what to do. But I want to just invite you again to check out the established content that we have inside the app, joy, joyeugene.com app. Is that correct? Uh, We're going to have some, we we already have some great content in there. We're going to continue to add to that, but I want to ask everybody to jump in and do that. We're kind of setting that as our next step. So when a person comes into the church, rather than maybe just jumping directly in the next track, we're saying, hey, get in there, get established in these areas, get some of that knowledge. That's about half the equation. The other half is being in relationship and letting somebody speak into your life. And so uh, jump in there, get some teaching, get some training, get, some, get established, put your life on the foundation of Christ, of fellowship and the word and, uh, and the faith. It's going to be some uh, good results out of that. So go do that today. Thanks.